9-11-2001 has already gone down in history as one of the worst days in America. 2,977 Americans lost their lives that day. Thousands upon thousands of us grieved their passing. The whole nation was terrorized by this carefully perpetrated act of terrorism. COVID-19 has now killed 254,000 Americans. That is 85 times as many Americans as we lost on 9-11. A quarter million Americans, young and old, rich and poor, black and white, have lost their lives to this deadly, unrelenting virus. And the numbers keep going up at an alarming rate. The whole world... Not just a nation, but the whole world, every man, woman, and child has been traumatized by this virus and its devastation. Besides this sheer magnitude of what has been a second tragedy, the difference between 9-11 and COVID-19 is simply this. 9-11 happened 19 years ago, and we've grieved over it, and we've come to terms with it, but COVID-19 is still very much with us. There's no pretending. We are still in the throes of this deadly virus, this daily tragedy. So I want to ask this question this morning. Are you worried? Are you anxious? How many of us are more than just a little worried about our future and what the coming days will hold? I'd like to raise your hand if you're just a little bit worried this morning. Whether you're online, you can raise one of those hands there. At the same time, we have other worries, don't we? How many of us are more than a little worried about the direction our country is heading? <laughs> you know, I'm hearing that in every conversation practically throughout the body of Christ here at New Hope. There's concern. There's anxiety even. So at the same time that we're facing a pandemic, our nation seems to be falling apart. Politically, there's a huge divide in our country between our two political parties. Both are jockeying for control. No wonder we're anxious about our future. Some people are even asking, how much more can we take? You know, how far can this go? And we know that depression is, you know, in a sharp rise. Suicides are on a sharp rise, up like 25%, the last number I heard. You know, just People can't handle this. People don't know how to deal with this situation. And so what do we need? We need peace. <laughs> Amen? <laughs> we need peace. We need to stop the fear. We need to stop the dread that we feel to easily creep up into our hearts when we, when we just watch the news. You turn on the TV, and pretty soon you feel yourself sliding into that once again. We need to squelch the anxiety and the worry that rise up naturally at times like this when situations like this are going on. We need to find calm and security in the Lord because we're not going to find it anywhere else. And that's why I was excited to, to uh, come across a passage of Scripture a few weeks ago in Hebrews 12 that really spoke deeply to my heart. And I'm convinced that somehow God you know, put that on my heart so that I could share it with you. And now that we're here on November 22nd, just before Thanksgiving, I don't think the timing could be any better. And here's the passage 
that God put in my heart. Hebrews 12, 28, 29. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful. And so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. For our God is a consuming fire. I want to look at that passage in three different parts that we have been given a kingdom that is unshaken. It cannot be shaken. Secondly, that we need to be thankful if that's the case. And thirdly, that we need to worship God with reverence and awe. Let's think about those things for a few minutes this morning. First of all, we need to remember that we have been given a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Now, what does it mean? For a kingdom to be shaken. Well, it means that somehow from without or within, something disturbs that kingdom. Something uh, maybe even destroys that king to the point where it just crumbles and the kingdom is gone. And kingdoms, nations can be destroyed from within or without. It could be some disruption, some division, some discord that's happening within the, 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 the community, the country, the nation. Or it could be some enemy that it attacks from the outside and, and, and you know, some kind of force that comes against them. And they have to rally somehow. And in that time in between, the nation is shaken. What do we do? How do we respond? On the other hand, a nation can be just as deeply shaken by something within, can it? And we know that. We see that. We watch that on the TV. We hear the speeches. We hear... The animosity and the division and the hatred and the anger and the frustration. We hear people throwing out all kinds of ideas of what we should do, and the ideas don't match up at all. How are they ever going to work together? And a nation can also be shaken by some horrible thing, some circumstances that is nobody's fault, really. Maybe like a pandemic or a plague, for instance. And that's where we are today, in the midst of all this other stuff that's going on. Nobody caused COVID-19 to strike America and every other country in the world. But every nation has been shaken by it, hasn't it? I, I you know, deal some in communication with uh, Thailand and Burma and India. And you know, they're all going through the same thing, no matter who you talk to. So if we take this down to a personal level, what does it mean for us to be shaken? <laughs> well, we know. Because we're pretty shook up right now. Our lives have been disturbed. If we are suddenly confronted, suddenly disturbed by some force or condition that challenges our ability to cope, to live life as we know we should, we get pretty shake, shaken up. Undoubtedly, there are troubles of many kinds in our lives. We've faced them before. We'll face even more. After this is over, we'll go on to something else. There are many things in life that can go wrong and cause us to fall apart but this one thing, this COVID-19 is something I don't know any of us have ever dealt with before. The last time, you know, this kind of a thing the country faced was back in the early 1900s. And so none of us have been down this path. And so do we feel somehow that our world has been turned upside down this year? Well, it has. And you're not alone. I'm not alone. We all feel that way. Many people are worried and anxious about our future. It doesn't matter if we're black or white or, or rich or poor or educated or uneducated, whether Americans or some other nationality. All of us have deep concerns about our future, about these coming weeks and months. What will the future hold? Well, where will 2020 finish out? Can something be better in 2021? Our lives have definitely been shaken by all of this. 
but God's word, the thing we hold on to, what God says, it says we've been given a kingdom that cannot be shaken. <laughs> That's pretty good news. No matter what, that kingdom we cannot shake. And that's not the United States. Even though our politicians, our medical experts all say that they know what we should do, no one knows for sure what we should do. But God's word says you have something greater than that to hold on to. They're grasping at straws. You can hold on to my word. We are not just part of a temporary kingdom, the United States of America. We are followers of Jesus Christ. We are part of the kingdom of God, a kingdom that supersedes all earthly kingdoms, a kingdom that cannot be shaken. We are part of the kingdom of God, the only kingdom on earth that cannot be shaken. So do you believe that? Do you really believe that? Do you believe that no one can stop this kingdom? Do you believe that God's kingdom cannot fall and cannot fail? If so, I'm going to invite you to stand up right now. Now, you may be here in the room. You may be online, just stand up, stand up in your living room, stand up, you know, in your bedroom if you're watching this, and just say, I believe this, this kingdom cannot be shaken by anybody, by anything. Praise God for that. Would you stand up? Now you'll be seated again. If that is true, and it is, then we do not have to live in fear, people. We do not have to live in anxiety or depression. We do not have to live in anger and frustration. Now, all those emotions may come. All the times will come when we say, my immediate reaction is this. This makes me fearful. This makes me anxious. This makes me angry. But we don't have to live there because we belong to a kingdom that cannot be shaken. We are bona fide citizens of a kingdom that cannot fail, that cannot be destroyed, that cannot be taken away. Thank God, praise God for that. The word of God says, if God is for us, who can be against us? Romans 8.31. The word of God says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Romans 8.35. 37. God's kingdom cannot be shaken, and because of that, we cannot be truly shaken. I want to take you back to a different passage of Scripture that God kind of put on my mind this week. I don't know why it came in my mind, but suddenly you're thinking about some kingdoms, and, and Matthew 16 came into my head. This is another thing that I think that God was showing me. Matthew 16 is where we read about Peter's good confession. Do you remember that? Remember how that came about? Jesus' disciples, you know, in Jesus' ministry are traveling across the Judean countryside. And he began asking his disciples, actually at a place called Caesarea Philippi, who people thought that he was. And he asked them a question, you know, what are people thinking? And, and they answered, well, some people think you're John the Baptist. Some people think that you're Elijah or Jeremiah or maybe one of the other prophets. And then Jesus made it very personal. He turned to them and said, but what about you? Who do you say that I am? And Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by man, but by my father 
in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not overcome it. Now look at the words of Jesus with me for just a moment there. Jesus was not calling Peter the rock. He's making a play on words because Peter's name meant stone or little rock. But he's saying, I want, to, I want to look at the big rock here. He was saying that what Peter had confessed about Jesus being this Christ, the Son of the living God, that this was the rock, the foundation upon which he would build his church. The foundation of the church and God's kingdom is Jesus Christ, a foundation that cannot be moved and cannot fail. And upon this rock, Jesus said, I will build my church. And guess what? The gates of hell will not overcome it. In other words, the strongest forces that hell can amass cannot prevail against this. What Jesus was saying was that hell itself will not prove to be stronger than the church and its foundation, Jesus Christ. And so we need to remember how strong we actually are in Jesus Christ. Not in ourselves, not in our own emotions, not in our own reactions or responses to things, but in Jesus Christ, we cannot be shaken. We are citizens of an unshakable kingdom, the kingdom of God. Jesus has already won the war, so we don't have to live in fear, even while we are still facing our daily battles of many kinds. We don't have to live in anxiety, no matter what may come, because we have our security and our peace and our hope and our confidence in Jesus Christ. Now, I know that some of us have been slipping into these emotions. Some of us have fallen into discouragement. Some have actually moved into depression this year. This pandemic has worn us down so much that some of us are wondering how we can even go on. But I want you to be encouraged today. And remember that we are part of a kingdom that cannot be shaken. A kingdom that will last forever. That will be victorious. So then, let us echo the words of the psalmist who said this, I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. This verse in Hebrews 12, 28 also says, Therefore... Because we belong to such a kingdom, we need to be thankful. Now, it may be more difficult to be thankful this year, but there is still much to be thankful for, isn't there? I mean, we were talking about it in Bible study this morning, you know, how you know, all the different things that are going on that are negative, and with those has come some really good positives, some really good things that God has made us aware of, even of each other and our families and time together and and how life has slowed down and we can actually think about things and not just react to things. It may be more difficult to be thankful for this year, but there is still much to be thankful for. We have been given an unshakable kingdom, so let us give thanks, even when our present circumstances are not to our liking. Thanksgiving Day is coming just a few short days, and it's going to be very different this year, isn't it? Let's be truthful. Let's be real. We expect this Thursday to feel a little bit odd. You know, we had plans as a family to get together, all of us, at our daughter's house, and it's going to be, you know, a great time. We're going to be careful about precautions and, and everything, but we've ultimately decided after a lot of talking back and forth, we decided yesterday we're not going to do that. 
You know, only the second time, I think, ever that we haven't spent Thanksgiving Day with our daughter. Um, and so this, this is an unusual thing, an unusual time. And it's going to feel odd. It's going to feel like we're out of sorts. COVID-19 has reared its ugly head once more, demanding that we keep our distance in order to stay safe. Our governor is strongly encouraging us not to even gather as families for Thanksgiving, breaking a tradition that is almost 400 years old. You know, this was started 399 years ago, that family and friends and communities got together and thanked God for what he had blessed them with. And we're being told we can't all get together like we'd like to. But does that mean we can't give thanks? No. just means we have to do it differently. I'm sure some people are still going to gather this year. We're going to gather in small groups of four or five of our family. So let me ask you this. How are you going to be thankful? What are you going to do to be thankful? Will you find it easier or more difficult to be truly thankful? I think it's going to be more difficult in some respects. So you have to be intentional. You have to think about it. The word of God says, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and all. This year, with all that has happened and all that is still going on, you and I will have to come to terms with a reality that we're not in charge. We're not in control. And we will have to come to a place where we say, God, we're grateful that you are in control, that you have all things well in hand. We can't predict the future. We can't control the future. We can't shape it. We can't decide which part we want, which part we don't. But by God's grace and by our faith, we trust you. We are confident in you. And we are grateful for what you have already given us. If we stop and look around us, we'll find many, many things for which we can give thanks. Our faith, our loved ones, our health, our finances, our opportunities, you know, to, to share God's love with other people, to talk about Jesus, to, to just lift up our witness in our community. Just so many things that we could be grateful for. Let's take time to do that Thursday. And let's make sure that it becomes one of the richest Thanksgiving days we've ever had. And then there's a final part of Hebrews 12, 28 that simply says this, we need to worship God acceptably with reverence and fear. Thanksgiving by its very nature leads to worship, doesn't it? When we realize all that God is doing for us, we just naturally want to worship him. But Hebrews says we must do that with reverence and awe. It says we need to do that acceptably, the right way. And then qualifies it by saying with reverence and with awe. Well, what is reverence? Reverence is respect. Reverence is acknowledgement of somebody that is greater than you. Reverence is submission. Reverence is surrender. Reverence is servanthood. You know, just saying, okay, I know my place. And I revere and worship. I respect you, God. And you are worthy. So you get my worship. What is awe? You lost your sense of awe in worship. Awe is amazement. Awe is wonder. Awe is just kind of getting a little glimpse, a little taste of how wonderful God is. And, you know, you're like Isaiah, you know, comes into the throne room of God and he just looks around and he says, I never knew. 
I never knew how great my God is. And he fell on his knees and he felt dirty, you know, in my mouth. You know, I, I need to confess this stuff. I need to get this right. And so God cleansed him and God pulled him back up to his feet. And he says, I need somebody to go. Will you go? And he said, I'll go. Is that the moment of worship that you have repeatedly? That you stand in the presence of God and you're just filled with awe that this great God would give you an unshakable kingdom and make you a part of it and be with you forever? Do we truly revere God as we should? And are we still in awe of Him? Have we caught a glimpse of His power? Have we ever been staggered by His grace? Do you know that He has never left us? And are we confident that He never will? Do we understand how truly amazing it is that He loves us so much that He was willing to give His life for us? so that we could be with him forever. If we do, then let us come before him in worship this Thanksgiving. Let us come before him in worship in this season, in this pandemic, in this year of uncertainty, unpredictability, but we still have a God we hold on to. And we can give thanks and we can worship him. So let me encourage you this year to draw close to him because he loves you. Because he has made you a part of a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Realize that nothing can separate you from his love. So worship him for his grace. Worship him for his goodness. Worship him because he will never abandon us, but instead plans to take us home one day to be with him forever. So let me close with the words of a song written by Scott Crippain. Sometimes he calms a storm with a whispered, peace, be still. He can settle any sea, but it doesn't mean he will. Sometimes he holds us close and lets the wind and waves go wild. Sometimes he calms the storm, and other times he calms his child. He has a reason for each trial that we pass through in life, and though we're shaken, we cannot be pulled apart from Christ. No matter how the driving rain beats down on those who hold to faith, a heart of trust will always be quiet, peaceful place. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you that we can be reminded of your strength and majesty and power and glory. I'm thankful that we can be reminded that we belong to an unshakable kingdom. It doesn't matter what's going on in our world, doesn't matter what may come, even worse than what we've experienced this year. You will not be shaken. You will not fail. You will not fall. And because of that, those who belong to you will go with you through whatever comes. We thank you for all the many good things you've given to us. They may be a little bit more difficult to see given our circumstances now, but they're there. And some of them are shining through even more brightly than they did before. So help us to pause and reflect and to be aware of your goodness and your grace and your love. And bring to our hearts, Lord, the peace that passes understanding. Bring to us the joy that cannot be taken away because we have Jesus. I pray for those who are disturbed, that are truly shaken without that kingdom, that we may find a way 
to stand up in this season in our faith and in our confidence in you, and that that, with your grace and love, can point the way to Jesus. We ask for your blessing upon this Thanksgiving season, Father. May our hearts and minds be on you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's sing.